0: This is Cliffcentral.com. Good afternoon. You're live with us on the daily magic show on CliffCentral.com. Thanks for tuning in. Got a pretty pretty packed show lined up. Remember to join us and talk to us on Twitter on at Cliffcentral.com on at DM shows a day. You can also call in if you're dying to talk to us on 861 Got a pretty packed show lined up. Um is Musi Maimane getting politics lessons from FW Declerc? What's going to happen at Sona twenty sixteen next week? Um, Kandla at the Constitutional Court also next week, so a lot to talk about. There are pretty esteemed panel in front of me, so I'll just go around and introduce anyone. First is Daily Mavic Associate Editor Ranjani Munusami. Ranjani, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, King, how are you doing? <laughs> it's good. good to be here after a long time.
0: <laughs> Fantastic, absolutely. Someone I haven't been on the show with Richard Poplack. It's a big son. moment, Kingsley. I'm, I'm feeling the vibe, mm. man. I'm feeling yeah. it. <laughs> and our usual, my co host Greg Nicholson, your usual face. Yeah. Yep. He's, he,
1: does, is, does he qualify as esteemed as well? No, I don't.
0: I'm not even a guest. It's just. <laughs> 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 He's just like cleaning up around us and stuff, setting up the water. Trying to get the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> what's up with the Wi-Fi? Anyway, I think Gareth just had his hands full, didn't pay the Wi-Fi bill or something. Anyway, time to jump in. Ranjeni, I'd love to start with something you were at just today, I think. Um, Nelson Mandela Foundation had a summit on racism. I don't know very much about this. so I'd just love to hear what happened, what's going on there.
1: Yes, uh, well, uh, they've been working with the Nelson Mandela Foundation, has been working Mm -hmm. with the Amit Foundation for several months now to set up an anti-racism network. And apparently they have about 80 organizations that uh, have now lined up uh, behind them uh, to cooperate. So what they were announcing today was an anti-racism week uh, from the 14th to the 21st of March. Um, And they basically want... South African society to basically rally and, um, uh, you know, promote uh, an anti-racist, anti-racist culture, whatever that means, um, and and they want business, religious organizations, sporting organizations to try and uh, you know run active or, or programs and activities that can actively promote the uh, 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 um, I don't know better racial relations, but uh, better race relations, but also um, you know kind of. Uh, take the, 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 the debate, if, if that's what it is, mm. beyond just e- condemnation. Um, and, you know, so that the actual activities that, uh, that, that get people to denounce, uh, racist behavior and also promote, uh, uh, activities that, uh, that promote race relations. And I think that has been sorely, uh, missing. Uh, Tang, the CEO of the Nelson Mandela Foundation mm. was saying that, um, you know that uh, many people relied on Nelson Mandela to play that nation building role and then you know everyone kind of forgot about it when he um when he he uh, left the presidency and nobody actually took up that that role and you know he was saying that that is not a Mandela project it's supposed to be a, a societal project and 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 nobody has really paid attention to it so i suppose it's it's a challenge to to society now particularly at this time when we've had these horrendous incidents and mm-hmm. um, you know everybody's bruised and scarred from these incidents that you know there's now a challenge out there in the names of the of the of the you know two people who who amongst the the, the highest icons in terms of the the liberation struggle now saying we're opening up this invitation to you please respond work with us Let, let's get this right
2: what sort of activities are these that are going to improve race relations? Is it sort of like multiracial ultimate frisbee? Are they like going to be feet cleansing? So what activities do they have in mind?
1: I'm not really sure. Look, there's lots of dialogues being planned, okay. oh. but you know, that's, I don't know. What exactly that will it, what will achieve? Like this is a hard subject. Mm-hmm. You know, lots lot of people were speaking there um, uh, from the Kathrada Foundation. Uh, two people who were speaking, they made the point that, for example, South Africa hosted the World uh, Conference on Racism. I think that was two thousand and one, mm-hmm. and there hasn't been a proper program of action from that. Um, and Nishan Balton was the, the CEO of the Kathrada Foundation was saying that, um, you know, it's taken all this time. It's taken these 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 incidents to actually, you know, get a stick up. They will light a fire under everyone to say it's about time that you acted on those. Uh, South Africa was the host of that conference. But although racism now is, is an international problem. Um, you know, you see it with the Syrian refugees and how they're being treated in, in Europe, for example. And, um, it's, it's a global problem, but this is the only major issue in the world where there isn't a global program of action to tackle racism.
3: Mm. And, and I'd argue there's a reason for that. And that's because the, the structural elements of racism. Um, yes. suit those those uh, in entrenched power situations yes. so so my concern once again with civil society in this country is that is that they 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 conveniently miss the actual root of the issue which in this case is the this, the the society we live in is fundamentally unfair most of the economic power is in the hands of the white community uh in in this country and in, in fact i i would i would not even say the white community i'd say very few white people's hands mm. i mean once again we have a 0.1% here that is largely white uh if not entirely white um and they pull the levers of power so one wonders uh with regard to race relations and 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 you know um black and white frisbee games and all this other stuff are race relations the the problem in this country, or is it a structural issue in which our society hmm. needs to be reconceived and rebuilt ground up? Because we've seen these like promotions of dialogues before. Because obviously there was that Durban sort of
2: race summit. I think it was two or three years ago when there was a national uh, social cohesion summit that I was there in Cliptown and I can't remember a single thing that was achieved yeah. from that. Um, Arts and culture minister Detto is holding similar sort of uh, discussions right now, but you sort of wonder what these things are going to
3: achieve. You wonder what they're going to achieve in in the context of of Black Lives Matter, where you have a situation in the United States of America, and Ren jenny has 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 pointed out how how global this issue actually is. Mm. What you have is white cops. Uh, constantly shooting black men. You know, I was watching the, the Straight Out of Compton movie where they play, you know, a central sort of theme in the movie mm. is, is the, um, is the footage, uh, from, from the LA, uh, riots, yeah. uprisings yeah. of the, of the, uh, of the early 90s. And you think, how quaint. Like one dude gets beaten up on video. Now we're watching people get shot all the time by cops. What needs to happen there is a s- s- structural societal reawakening. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if if these things are being addressed in, in, in this uh, in this context
1: Yes selah um, hatang was was making the point mm. that you know daily there are experiences, and he said you know he goes through every time he encounters um, a, a white person who is rude to him, he has to stop and think is this person is this just a badly behaved? Behave, person. You know, is just, uh, you know, rude, or is he being racist towards me? And um, you know, I asked a question there at the launch. Is that, um, okay? So you're gonna have all these activities to promote the anti-racism message, but if you experience racism, what do you do? And I think that's 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 a fundamental problem because from farm workers to domestic workers. So ordinary people in a, in a restaurant, um, you've seen it at the, at the, at the race course. What do you do when you, when you experience racism? You know, how do you tackle Because it all, almost always results in some or other confrontation. Yeah. You know, in the case of farm workers, their lives are, are sometimes yeah. at risk. Uh, domestic workers, you know, they end up, they, they speak out, they lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, so what is the vehicle? to be able to challenge racism. Um, and, you know, I want to be able to, I want to write about this today, to mm. be able to say, because what exists at the moment is the equality court. And for the life of me, I didn't actually know, I didn't know, is there like an equality court, like how there's a constitutional court? Do you go to this place and this is the, and you see a sign that says equality court? And uh, it's, I was only going to ask the question there that Neshan Balton said, actually any magistrate's court can be an equality court. And I did not know that. What do they, yeah,
0: what do yeah. they mean by that?
1: It can be turned into an equality court. So your case that would, mm. you know, you, so if you, you, you see, I also don't know the mechanism. That is it an go. Is it of the
3: constitution that's used? or, or that I don't it? know
1: because uh, you would think that something like is, is uh, racism, if, if, if somebody is racist to somebody else, is that a criminal offense? So like do you lay a charge at a police station and then that's investigated and goes to the equality court? You know, how how is it processed? We don't know those things. I don't know.
3: But how do you prove racism?
1: This is it because ultimately it'll be about the judge's perception whether this constitutes racism or not. So it'll have to be spelled out in legislation properly mm. uh, as to what constitution constitu- – well, it's hate speech. Hate speech is a bit mm. better to define, mm. but uh, it's it's clearer. But actions that are racist, how mm. do you you know yeah. define or, or,
3: that? Yeah, or racist perception. I mean, yeah. Eusebius Makaza in his book "Run Racist Run" quotes Daniel Bauer, I think and and this concept of racism receipts like you don't actually get a receipt when someone's being racist to you and and were i being racist to someone uh, i'm white for those listeners who don't uh, who can't tell um, uh, you, you know i don't hand out a receipt there you go i was just racist um, you, you know w- once again when you're looking at it in a, in, a, in a domestic worker or in a or in a farm worker context these people are locked into fundamentally unequal um, yeah. mm-hmm. and unfair uh, structural um, mm-hmm. mechanisms, and once again, I think we butt up against this racism is hurtful and terrible racism is rac- racism is is perpetuated by how society looks after these people ultimately I th- and, and and I think these things need to be addressed simultaneously with with us dealing with race relations mm. you know.
2: I think as well one of the key failings of the government is uh failing to push through. Legislation on racism Because all of a sudden now After this, uh, these events And all this stuff on social media Racism is all of a sudden A huge issue again mm. or it's in, in the spotlight And now the government The NC government Is talking about Pushing through certain parts Of legislation To make racism Hate speech And other, other aspects
1: Well Nati Mteto, The Minister <laughs> of Arts and Culture Was at this launch And somebody asked him So what will the legislation say He mm. said I don't know mm. And this is the problem. It's it's a huge problem because and he, but he did say, look, there has to be a carrot and stick mm. approach to it. But the, the, this this issue about the penalty, how is it? How do you process it to get a penalty in the first place? Mm. But I, I think a lot of people they made made the point that um, the 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 ANC case before the equality court may be a, a big test case. Um, because they have, um, basically laid charges against Diane Colabana, Penny Sparrow, and that counselor in, uh, yeah, the other guy? in P.E. Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, they, so, the, but I mean, that it's a pol- political move, mm. maneuver, obviously by their part against the DA, yeah. but it will be a test case to see what constitutes mm, racism. Because it would, it would be interesting to see how the judge pronounces on that.
2: I'd be interested in your thoughts just going around the table. Mm-hmm. Can we confront, Racism in South Africa. Um, if we don't fundamentally shift the, the, the racial inequalities that I think Poplack was referring to before,
0: I mean, I was just about to jump in and say I. Th- I fear that this is just focusing on what people say, and I think the real real racism is what you were talking about. It's mm-hmm. the farm work, it's the domestic yes. work and when you can't feed your children because yes.
3: well, you can't you you, yeah. you don't have access to equal yeah, education, the- you don't have access to equal healthcare. You actually. Uh, you live in a different country, yeah for
0: me I think that for me that's we need to fix that, and, and I'd say those
2: systems treat,
3: as well treat whatever they want.
2: I think the lower class gets yeah. the the worst end of yeah. these things, but it goes beyond just the lower class and permeates other classes as well
1: well, I think like there is some recognition now after these incidents and after there has been this dialogue on racism that it is the structural problems that perpetuate racism Absolutely. so there, there are different approaches, for example, the national development plan talks about how. Uh, and an average black child um, will progress through the system, and the, all all the avenues where, they, where the, there's a chance that he or she would fall off the system, um, and, and, and the, the, the chances of that child uh, being kind of sabotaged in life by the, the, the structural inequalities is so great compared to any other child. Um, and i think you know the 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 idea behind the national development plan was to to fix all the structural yeah. problems across mm-hmm. uh, across the board but obviously the national development plan has its own I- implementation problems now the eff for example is coming at it the other way there needs to be a, a, a redistribution of land there needs to be economic freedom uh you know with the nationalization of mineral resources and the banks and things like that so you know it's um, everybody has a different answer to how it's done uh, i'm not quite sure what the d a is saying about it but i think they, they want Six they million like, real jobs yeah but i think yes. they like the <laughs> national development. That really? that's just, that's they the like budget. the national development plan also <laughs> the, but the, it's only, not the
3: only the yeah. only opposition party in history that has ever endorsed the development plan of the ruling, of of the the, ruling the, uh, party, it's, yes. it's unbelievable. Yeah. But w- once again, I, I think w- when you mentioned uh, the, the, the sort of um, the development, the development trajectory of a black child that, that, that's been listed in the NDP, uh, the stats general has actually laid out the statistics for a black child, a colored child, an Indian child, and white children in this country. <laughs> that's where you see racism manifest. Um, as terrible as our relations with, with one another on a, on a one-on-one basis or, or the stuff that we tweet or the stuff that we Facebook, however bad that may or may not, may or may not be and however wounding it may or may not be, until we address the statistical anomalies, um, or or rather the statistical gulfs that exist between white kids and black kids in this country, then I don't think we've done anything
1: it's 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 that but it's multifaceted as well i think um the the uh, the seller hatang from the Nelson Mandela Foundation was also saying that um that you know that the there needs to be change in in people's homes as well in terms of how they perceive racism and how they behave because he was saying you know you get incidents for example where where white kids young uh white people who you think wouldn't still have you know uh uh such Deep racist attitudes, mm. uh, you know, uh, assault or uh, or harm black kids m- because they are driven by something that's 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 almost inexplicable, and it comes from from the the environment that they grow up in. Mm. And he was making the example for uh, that, uh, you know, you can be watching television and Jacob Zuma comes on TV and the parent says something, and this m- manifests in this child's head that you know black people are stupid and they act on it eventually so you know it's yes there are big structural problems mm-hmm. but it, it, the the problem with that is that it makes people dependent on somebody else fixing it so you, a, yeah. so everybody says, it's not my fault. I, I can't fix the, fix the system. Quality, yeah. You yeah. know, I can't do anything about it. Those who are in charge mm. have to fix it. And, and you know, the, the, well, I think that with this conversation that's been opened up now, it says every okay. single person here has a vested interest in doing something actively.
3: Now, the interesting thing about, about uh, race perception in this country is that we live in different countries. Um, you, you know, a white, a, a white upper middle class family, their interaction with black people is reduced entirely to master and servant. That has not changed in 25 years. Um, how do you change something like that? I mean, how do you bring white people, black people, colored people into each other's lives? Mm. Um, how do you, how do you do that sort of cultural blending? Um, and, and I think you're 100% right. That does come down to individual responsibility. But it would be nice to, to hear someone have some sort of overarching pl- plan that says, okay, we need some cultural melding in this country.
1: Yes, but, you know, the, 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 everyone talks about overt racism and uh, and subliminal racism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it it happens at different levels. Like for, we're going to speak just now about uh, the story, the Mail and guardian story about the um, uh, clerk allegedly giving lessons to Musi Maimani. Um, you know what, I, I, I didn't know the fact, when I read that story on Friday morning, I didn't know the facts behind it, whether mm. it was true or not. But the first thing that irritated me about it is that why do you think a black man would need lessons from a white man?
3: Especially that dude.
1: Yes. You know, because th- that, th- you know, the, the term giving lessons, is it's so condescending. Yeah,
0: um, and that's deliberate. It's not meeting with secret meetings, which is scandalous of itself. You yeah. know, if yeah. if, if, lessons, if it was yeah, right. a white
1: lady, if it was Helen Ziller. Meeting with F.W. de Klerk, it would have been the two of them are plotting. That was what the term mm. that would have been used, mm. that there's an agenda and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's subversive, and, but they are plotting. Mm-hmm. Because it's Musi Maimani, he's a young black man, suddenly he can't be capable of plotting. He needs to be able to take lessons.
3: But that headline was cynically calculated to, to sort of suggest... You know, there was all sort of dog whistle things that that someone who isn't South Africa, who isn't familiar with our culture, wouldn't get. Mm. Right? Um, you, you know, I have a I have a friend staying at uh, at my house right now. He's uh, he's from Canada, and you know he'd read that read that headline and not literally not understand it. It's like okay, well, that sounds okay. I guess you know, you guys are hanging out, having tea. Um, you know, what kind of lessons? lessons? Well, Guitar you, you lessons, know, French yeah, I mean, lessons. That sounds great. Yeah. You know, old guy teaching young guy. You know, those those <laughs> those sort of historical and racist perceptions wouldn't be there. But you know, one thing I'm really interested in is Kingsley in in your in your sort of views on this as a Kenyan. I mean, is this a South African thing? Is this a South African obsession or? Or, or, or do you guys have the same conversations in, in, in Kenya?
0: I mean, so in Kenya, it's largely a tribal, it's largely a tribal issue. Mm-hmm. Um, inequality still does play out where you've got, um, and we saw this in the post-election violence. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys followed it too closely, but between 2007, 2008, that it flared up. So it's not, it's not something that is, was previously discussed every day that different tribes and there's economic inequalities amongst different tribes, but we saw that it is, it is real. So there, it's, it's, it's not a South African thing, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a South African thing. It's t-
1: just, I think in South Africa, it's, it's because of the imbalance of, uh, of, of power, both politically and economically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, there was this process of political change and it was successful to, a, to an extent. And the, the economic transformation has been really bad. Completely stalled. I mean, yeah. I
3: mean, you, you could argue deliberately botched. Um, I mean, I mean to, to the point where this stuff was. <laughs> there were deals being made. Um, and deals were made um, to, to, I guess, withhold any sort of real uh, economic transformation. And the white minority that was very, very wealthy prior to the fall of apartheid is now even wealthier.
1: So, this is why Julius Malema is. So strategic when he, he says people like Nelson Mandela, who he uses as the figurehead of that time, sold out uh, by uh, allowing um, a process of political change and, uh, and making so many compromises on, on, on the economy.
3: Absolutely. I think there were all sorts of theories that were in play in those days. Uh, the trickle down theory. Um, if we don't rock the boat, which was one of the big maxims of the time, mm. if we don't rock the boat economically mm. and if we open up the country and if we allow the investments to stay where they stand and the industrialists, we don't drive them into the sea and set them on fire, which we probably should. <laughs> um, you know, If we don't do any of that stuff, if we don't rock the boat, then things will trickle down. Um, I think we're much, much less naive nowadays. Um, and any sort of talk of trickle-down economic theory has been completely um I mean, anyone who still believes that really does need to go to an asylum.
2: The problem, however, is there's no real talk of a, or no decision on a replacement. Yes. Every, every a replacement
3: ref- for life? Lo- of course, I, there, there is. We, we've, yeah. we've
2: lost faith in those, like, traditional, like econ- conventional economics and the trickle-down theory, but then we haven't decided on anything else.
1: Well, Colin Mayan has closed his bank account. That's major. <laughs> That's made. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, that should, like. Bring a complete halt <laughs> to that's the like entire economy. That's like a
3: bad guy in the movie giving you his one gun when you know he's got a gun in his ankle. <laughs> no, but I don't think he, bank all bank his bank accounts combined
1: yeah. is going to bring a fall of the economic yeah. system what? anyway. So I,
3: just, I was watching
0: James Bond yesterday and he did that. Yeah, that's a know, classic. That's an old move. trick. The guy just yeah, yeah, killed yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, talk of suicide on the Daily Maverick show, <laughs> Cliff Central, mm. just about halfway through the show and... Pop, like, I want to talk about something you mentioned, which was the six million, you know, jobs planned by the DA, and they had the big march last this week. Is, and
3: this is, fascinates me. Yeah. how do you walk for a job? <laughs> I mean, well, I was there, Greg so. you were there. What happened? You were there. What happened? <laughs> did you get a better job? Did, no, I have a guardian. I still have on?
2: a job. He's still, I didn't. didn't get any so. other offers <laughs> yeah. while I was there. But
3: New York <laughs> Times called Jack <laughs> <when> <laughs> just, <laughs> just <laughs>
2: as he was. finished. We heard you walking. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's, that's what, what we're it's looking so, for. It's so
1: imp- that's the journalistic skills that we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs>
2: what happened? I, did, then? I do walk a lot in my job. Actually, I go to the marches. No, so it was actually a little bit awkward, sort of walking through. You know, when I arrived at this jobs march, and they always, for some reason, the DA starts there their marches on the southwest side of Joburg in this sort of Westgate taxi rank area anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get there and one of the DA communications people sort of grabs me and is like oh the media holding area is over here and me and other journalists just freaked out thinking we are going <laughs> to get locked up like <laughs> put <laughs> no. in a cage with Helen Ziller <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so anyway you wouldn't come out yeah. I think no, let me, let's, let's just know, move on let's move yeah. on yeah um, so I yeah, slowly sort of escaped that little holding cage mm. okay. and then slowly actually the crowd filled up it was it was pretty decent. I'd say definitely over 10,000. Yeah, it looks like about so, 15, I think. Yep, I'd that, say, yeah. and that's, that's, I think a pretty strong crowd for, oh, yeah. for a march that's quite a uncertain. And I was asking a lot of people, why, why are you here? You know, what are we actually doing? And I think everybody's answer was elections. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, basically. It's, it's because the, uh, DA members think they can do better in elections and some think they can do better in jobs for elections. Mm-hmm. But it was really just a rally. It was really a giant advertisement, I right. think. It started because mm-hmm. of a, uh, billboard and we ended at a billboard and it, the whole thing was a, an advert, a billboard just for elections to prove, I think, a little bit of strength on the DA's, um, organizational capabilities, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, just to have Musi Maimani and, and particularly this other group of young leaders that they're trying to sort of champion as well um, on the front of the newspapers that day. Uh, I, I don't would, know. I still, I'm still
3: a bit uncertain on the jobs policy. Right. I mean, well, we all are. And, th- and this is the thing that still confuses me about the DA strategists. Um, you recall the, uh, the 2014 elections where you and I were on the streets of, of Johannesburg when there was the first jobs. That was another six million. Six million real jobs in March. This occurred, I think it must have been March 2014. When we had the... Uh, and there was basically a riot on the streets. Um, they were going to deliver a jobs paper oh, yeah, to, uh, to, 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 to the Tuli house yeah, yeah. and basically incite um, what was basically a running battle with the cops in the street. And they got exactly what they wanted. Mm. Uh, it was very, very cynical, as these things always are, and a little bit revolting. And even then, it was like, well, six million real jobs, how? Um, They built their election manifesto. Uh, There were some really, really good ideas in their election manifesto, all that were buried behind this nonsense about government being able to create jobs. Government doesn't create jobs government creates the environment in which jobs become possible but they are starting to push that line i think a lot more and particularly with a guy like herman
2: mashaba as their mayoral candidate for johannesburg he's been saying the same thing as the freedom uh free market foundation uh i think as was the president or chair for a very long time and i think that that is their general philosophy mm-hmm. that as as the leaders of government they would you know do things like i guess the cliches are cut red tape um
3: uh, help small businesses incentives for small business uh,
2: yeah. and those sort of things but i don't like interestingly i felt in the speeches when we when you arrived at the final destination and watched uh, sort of house singer bussi uh, do her thing on stage mm-hmm. then the speeches didn't really focus on those key aspects of how they are going to build jobs
3: they always fly from the substantive issues.
2: And even though I think... I do think the Democratic Alliance in this elections is trying to push away from just attacking the ANC and trying to show or trying to at least convince voters that they can be a viable alternative. And I think that started when they launched their Vision 2029 mm-hmm. thing, uh, videos, I guess, last year. And now they're sort of... And that was with their sort of a dreamy, utopian South African future where everything's fantastic. And now I think they're just going to be doing little marches, little events or medium-sized events on things like maybe jobs, safety and security.
1: Yeah, I think that you know the 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 DA strategy uh, doesn't always hit the target. So for example, with those billboards, they had the one side of the building was a DA uh, billboard and then the other side was um a billboard in ANC colors with Jacob Zuma, which if you are on on one side of town and can only see the ANC billboard, you think it's an ANC billboard, whereas it was erected by the DA as an uh, anti-ANC tactic uh, or a stunt. Um, And, you know, so you think, so what does this achieve? Um, You know, in the mind of an ordinary South African who doesn't have a job, Mm. when you look up at the billboard, does it, what does it say to you? Does it speak to you? Does it give you hope that the DA would be able to create that job? And how would they do it? Um, and you know, these are the kinds of questions they need to ask themselves. Uh, the problem with, um, the DA structure operating the way it has, I think one of the Sunday newspapers, uh, carried a graph of the, for example, the racial breakdown, mm. uh, of their management structure is, I think that they want to think kind of new age stuff, um, and that, you know, they, they look at the, the kind of big budget campaigns in the United States and, you know, the big flashy advertisements and, uh, you know, the sophisticated, uh, messaging. And they try to impose that on a South African audience. Whereas our problems and our perceptions and uh, you know the the, uh, the I, I've, I've, are very different, so th- those kind those kind of big budget advertising doesn't really work. Mm. So th- I think the answer does uh, uh, um, rest with how they project themselves as an alternative, because if they can say, "Yeah, th- th- look in Cape Town, this is how we created these jobs," you mm. know, areas that they control. This is how this is where these people didn't have jobs. Here's how we created the jobs. This is what we want to do for the East Rand, or this is what we want to do for for the uh, you know wherever Rustenburg, uh, and this is how we see these jobs being created. These are the impediments to creating these jobs. The NC doesn't want to lift these impediments. We want to lift these impediments. So you know things that people can understand and where they can see that they will derive benefits from. That's how they I think they will get votes.
2: One of the things, um, the CEO of the DA. First of all, I find it very funny that a political party in South Africa has a CEO. Yeah, I was just about yeah. to well, say, welcome. that's That's, welcome not, to the Democratic that's not helping. Yeah. Like, the D A CEO, <laughs> Paul. best friend. Yeah. Paul, Paul Bowie uh, has told yeah. me at the march was, they've been uh, putting in research. So they've got a full-time researcher and staffs, and I guess they've probably spent a fortune on trying to get market research as oh, to yeah. what voters want mm-hmm. and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, the party's been looking at that for two years before this election campaign. So I guess that's basically since the end of the last election. Or maybe even before, they've even, they've been sort of working up to this, uh, election campaign, trying to get data and trying to poll people. I'd be fascinated actually to get inside, you know, the DA control room.
3: Yeah. I'd love to see see what this data data. is telling people. Absolutely. Because I mean, one of the things that, that makes us kind of bizarrely, you know, that makes the political space fairly anarchic or at least the political analyst space fairly anarchic Mm. in this country is that we have no polling data. Um, we, we have no real numbers and no real science to, to, to work with. Um, and and I think the political party that gets on top of that certainly has an advantage. I wonder, and I, I'm sort of concurring with Ranjeni here. Mm. I wonder if their st- strategists spend enough time on the ground, speaking to the ward, to the, to the guys who are running the wards and are, who are in the wards on a constant basis. I'm always very very impressed with their structural networks. Uh, I mean, you know, where, where you go to Alexandria yeah. and you see how well represented and how well organised they are um, in that township. That that sort of that. That toe doesn 't seem to connect with the brain, if you know what i 'm saying i don 't know how many signals are running to, are running back and forth between the two um, uh, Moosey, when, when, when he was in Alex was really, really well informed on what the issues that there are. Um, the issues there are not Nkandla. Uh, they're rats you know they 're the fact that vermin run through the shacks, mm. bite babies, cause sores, cause a night that 's one of the one of the major issues in that uh, in that township. And uh, I, just, I just wonder how the brain trust is dealing with these very, very local issues.
2: How are you guys seeing Musi Maimani's performance or as, as sort of the party leader going into this head election? Do you think he has the sort of the, the respect of the public, um, the, the profile to lead the DA into these elections after we've seen him be leader for almost, I think it's eight months a year, almost something like that now?
1: You know, I'm really worried about Musi Maimani, and I'm worried that he's been set up to, to, to blunder or to fail. Because, you know, the more I I look at him, I realize that, um, you know, uh, I don't think it was the right time for Helen Zeller to step aside when she did and to kind of just dump him with the leadership uh, in the way that she did without preparing him properly, um, you know, and giving giving him a a few months perhaps as deputy leader uh, to uh, be able to... Kind of learn the ropes and 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 define a role for himself in the DA, and you know it's becoming a real problem. And I think that the DA has suffered such terrible reputational damage with these incidents of racism. Um, and you know, it's I think it's been a, a big challenge for him to have to step up so quickly. Um, you know, in in this leadership role and have to deal with these internal problems. And you know, this this thing of of the DA being uh, a non a non-racial non racial party is you know it's i don't even know what that's supposed to mean um you know because it comes it it comes out of a party that mainly served white people's interests um and you can't say that because they've got some black voters and some black people in the leadership now so that you know they are they they the party that most reflects south africa's diversity um and I think he's trying to make this effort now to promote this, uh, uh, you know, the the the, the well, he's, he announced a series of initiatives. One, you know, like how to combat racism within the party, with how to get mm. more black people mm. into leadership roles, and also, the, you know, this, he he needs to be able to uh, send a strong message to his members that he does not serve white interests uh and that um, well he did say quite strongly that if you are planning to vote for the DA because you know you think that we we will continue to you can be a racist in the party then please don't vote for yeah. us so it is but i just feel that you know the burden on him is far too big be big to be left alone to change something like that that should have been a group effort by the DA yeah. which included people like you know, like uh Helen Zilla Instead of her stepping aside He's and like, saying, He's gonna okay, do it. it's done now. You have a black <laughs> yeah. leader. Good luck with that. You know, it's, I, I feel it's been really unfair on him.
2: At the same time though, I think there's accusations that, uh, Musim isn't, he doesn't really have control of the party and Helen Zilla and others are controlling yes, exactly. things from mm-hmm. the side. Yeah. But so then I think if Helen Zilla does obviously intervene, that will, um, fuel those claims. Yes, those, and you know, at the moment, yeah. he's,
1: he's facing resentment from so many sides because, uh, you know, the 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 um, conservative or the or the, or the liberal. A base of the of the of the party is resentful because they think he's going to try and change too mm. much too soon. Whereas you've got what was termed as the black caucus on the other side, who feel that he's the 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 you know the uh, the puppet of of Hel- Helen Ziller's uh clique, um and that you know he's just pandering to to what you know these uh the tradi- uh, you know the 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 kind of old white leaders in in the party want, and they've just uh you know they've basically just done a blackface with the party. So you know he doesn't have the kind of universal support in the party that he needs to be run, to run this project, and you know it may end up in disaster for him.
0: It sounds like a lose-lose for Musi. My mind is slightly.
3: It does sometimes feel that way, and and, and I, I agree with uh, Ranjini. It's uh, he, he's been put. I mean, has another guy been punched as much as poor old Moosey? I mean, the guy gets smacked so often. Uh, it's it's quite dispiriting to watch.
0: That's it. We're gonna have to go into a quick break. We'll be
3: right back. This is CliffCentral.com. It's date night, and your wife wants you to bring Ray to bed with you. Hmm? You suggested Tyrion, or maybe even Sheldon if she fancied something a little different. But no, Ray Donovan it is. So you get your tablet and you meet her in the bedroom. Because with Showmax for 99 Rand a month, you get to watch full seasons of the biggest series. On the couch, in the kitchen, in bed, online anytime. So get to showmax.com and get your 7-day free trial.
0: The Daily Maverick Show on cliffcentral.com. Good afternoon. You're back with us on the Daily Maverick show on cliffcentral.com. Lots of fun conversations. I think next we're talking about the new Rihanna album that came out last week. it got anti, right? Yeah, we go. man. pop like, I know you're all over that. Hey?
3: I'm all over that. Ranjeni's that- well,
0: doing the dance. No, no,
1: I'm <laughs> doing the Beyonce dance, the Coldplay, um, um, Beyonce, uh, you know, they released a new song. And Beyonce went to India to make it. And she's, uh, you know, there's this whole debate about cultural appropriation really? because she's in a sari. Yeah.
3: Well, and hey. Indian
1: gap, Yeah. Yeah
3: what do we
0: think appropriating or just well, borrowing used to be a word <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still have to see the video I'm not going to judge it yeah I also don't yet. know what to
0: say I'm feeling so left oh,
3: the, the video is to- good I just, I just recommend Ranjani warms up before she tries to dance move. That's all. <laughs> hey do you, you know, know
1: my, my a- name is actually the name of a dance Ranjani is the name of a dance
2: okay the listeners can hold on <laughs>
0: Ranjini, we can describe Absorb it to you. I saw that.
3: Um, can we just let Twitter know that? What's that thing? Periscope. Yeah.
0: What's the thing where you can show what you're that's doing? A, that, and that's
3: like the Indian version. It's like the ancient Indian version can of you, Gangnam can Style. Can we periscope
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to make it sound all just, like... It's, yeah, like, so mm, it's mm. like an
3: ancient novelty dance that kids <laughs> did. Yeah.
1: Moving so swiftly on. Right, uh,
3: Ranjeni's yeah. had enough.
0: To something we know a bit more about. State of the Nation address happening next week. Ooh. Greg, I think you'll be covering that.
2: I think I'll be there with Ranjini. Are you coming down? Full house? Okay.
3: We're we're dates for that. uh,
2: Sounds fantastic. It's the first I hear of that, but Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Well, there you go. So
1: yeah, I, th- I I don't know. Um, we were we were talking. Uh, Richard and I were talking about this on our way in. That mm. you know, in May, everybody's pumped up for a really dramatic Sona, that's gonna outdo last year's. I don't know if it is going to. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I get the sense from the Economic Freedom Fighters that while they do, want to make a point mm. at the sauna that they are not going, you know, I, I don't think that they want to get assaulted and thrown out of Parliament this time. But there's another factor at play. Uh, it's the it's Fees Must Fall movement. Mm. And um, Richard was making the point that, you know, that the agenda may actually be controlled by Fees Fall rather than the economic freedom fighters this time around. So I don't know what exactly is planned. Um, but what we do know is that Parliament is going to be like a military zone, mm. Uh, first sauna. It's they, You know, there's, there's all sorts of uh, new security measures and things. So I think that, you know, it's going to be heavily controlled. Mm. Uh, hopefully our signals won't be jammed. So, you know, we'll be able to communicate <laughs> with the world out there. Um, but I don't know how many ordinary people, wh- whether they come from the EFF or fees must will be able to get near the parliamentary precinct. We must know that from around midday, uh, the precinct around parliament mm. and the route Hello. that the president mm. travels gets sealed off. So, whoever wants to get there needs to get there earlier on. So, if they're going to get there earlier on, they're going to be dealt with Accor- early. Accordingly, mm-hmm. within the ambit
0: of the law, at least. Yes, a, and, and, a, and, a and, and, and thrown
1: out, thrown off the streets long before the president arrives. Yeah. If they plan for late, they won't be able. To, the the the. I mean, it's going to be the police and the army. To. They're not going to get near near the precinct, so they won't be able to stage any disruption. It's not like the EFF is so building so it
0: up and saying, you know, the president won't give yes, this speech alone. Yes, but the EFF is, the is building it up yeah. for
1: inside the house. Okay. They they want to, to because basically what uh, we've just had Mweseni and, and Lozi say is that every time the president speaks, the rand falls down. So they. <laughs> 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 <a> good one. Fairly accurate. What what effect is the sauna going to have? So yeah you know, it's the, you can see where their thinking is that they thinking is not on payback the money this time they're mm. leaving that to the, the 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 case that goes to the constitutional court mm. on on the tuesday before sona mm. but their thinking is on the economy now and the effect of the president and his actions on south africa's economy but the
2: president president Zuma, i think is in a really really difficult spot for this address regardless of all the any potential protests or anything like that just the points of his speech because of the economy the the GDP outlook for 2016 has just been, I think, lowered to something like 0.8% by the IMF. Um, business confidence is, I think, at a low since 1994. Um, the public wage bill, I don't think he has much leeway to sort of reduce that. Of course, these things will have to tie in with the budget speech too, Provin Gordon's budget speech. But I don't think he has much leeway there to lower it because it's an election period. And I think sort of the public service, public sector unions would quite well, protest if there are any significant movement on that. Um, and then there are more demands. Already last year, the president announced what? how much did they spend to cover that zero-fee increase at universities. I think it was three, two 2.4 billion or 3 billion rand. And there are more demands for, for the government to institute or at least make a strong movement towards the implementation of free higher education. So essentially, we have this situation where the economy is tanking and things aren't looking good at all, and there are more and more demands in what is an election year.
3: Well, I mean, I, I think if I'm if I'm strategizing the, this year's Sona, and I just I just want I, I love how it's turned into sort of an entertainment front franchise. <laughs> like, like last year's was amazing. <laughs> They're going to have to blow up Cape Town. To Coming come, what up are we next week, yeah. State of the Nation address live in Cape um, Town this summer.
0: <laughs> one man, uh, yeah, one speech. It's it's, it's
3: it's like a it, it really is. It's like Star Wars. It's, it's unreal. But um, I, I think if I'm strategizing. What what the ANC always does so well is is sort of is sort of point, and you have the global economic e- economy tanking. You have China tanking. You have mm. all these ex- exogenous factors that are that are pushing down in our uh, our economy, which they genuinely are. Highlight those. Um, we have a drought, you know. Highlight the drought. Um, we have a water crisis. Highlight the water crisis. That's surely not the ANC's fault. That, that you know they don't control the rain. Um, so, so I think there's going to be a lot a, a lot of finger-pointing uh, and not a lot of Mayor culpas. I don't think mm. we're going to hear Jacob Zuma say, sorry for canning his finance minister <laughs> and hiring a guy who no one had heard of. One of the other things I think we have
2: failed to talk about is the, it's like, what's two days before the State of the Nation address, mm.
3: Mm. Uh, the issue of when is in the, the Constitutional Court. That's huge. Um, and, and I think what may happen there... Is It will take a lot of the wind out of the sails of Sona. Um, Either that or it will ramp the whole Sona confrontation up to, you know, 11. And it literally will be the best episode in the franchise.
1: What I think Jacob Zuma will thank his lucky stars about, though, Mm -hmm. is that this is the hearing and not the judgment.
3: Mm. If it was
1: judgment, it would have been... you know, it would have been Star Wars at Parliament because he would, uh, you know, but we don't know h- how the Constitutional Court will rule on the matter. But either way, I think the EFF would, would, would have gone to town with it. But it's going to be the hearing. And uh, from what we hear, we, the, the EFF is pumping it up, yeah. um, as a big march yeah. in Johannesburg, um, uh, at the Constitutional Court. Um, so, uh, and uh, you must know that, uh, public protector Tuli Madansela is a uh, amicus curiae on that, on that case. Um, so it's, it's a very common complex case. Um, So it's not only about whether the president should pay back the money or not, but about the powers of the public protector. And that has repercussions for all sorts of things, Um, you know, in the cases that she she has uh, pronounced on. So, you know, she's got a a lot riding on it as well. But I think that in terms of um, ensuring accountability in South Africa, which has been sorely missing, uh, and you know, has been I think that the central core of why there is so much anger and bitterness at the president, you know, his failure to account to the people of South Africa. I think that is why that case is so important to so mm-hmm. many people. I mean
0: Greg, you were using the SABC case as sort of a reference point on how yeah, it's going to be quite incandescent. The interesting. Case, Michael. So, so,
3: SABC case from last uh, from the last elections in 2014. Was that the elections case? Not the, it's the, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. the public
2: protector's report on that, uh, which, Actually, which yeah. she said, uh, cloudy should go through disciplinary, uh, mm-hmm. procedures and which was challenged. I think the general findings around, around, so the public protector's powers in that case were that her findings certainly cannot be ignored. She doesn't have the powers of, of a judge or a court, but unless that they have to be taken seriously and you can't just, go and administer other reports and investigations on this issue um, you have to take them seriously and give them due consideration and i think i think the courts went almost as far as saying that if you don't uh, institute a review of the public protectors findings you basically have to follow them so it's going to be quite interesting to see how that influences this case i think that's going to be the key people will be talking i think it was judge shippers about the shippers judgment yes. quite a lot
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying. It it is um, an extremely complicated case because you must know that um, in terms of the Public Protector Act and the legislation governing her office, it spells out what you do if you dispute her findings. Um, And what has happened is is a bizarre series of events because once that that 400 and whatever page report came out, Um, first, it was ignored for several months. Mm-hmm. Then the president uh, is, is, uh, sent parliament a note to then investigate it. And then we've had two ad hoc committees. We've had the minister of police do his uh, investigation. And I, I'm not sure on what authority because he doesn't have powers to revise her findings. He came up with an alternate set of findings. He came up with a video. And uh, and then parliament chose or the ad hoc committee, the NC caucus in parliament, Opted to take his version or his findings as the gospel mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. this process that the public protector went, went through. Um, so that is why that, that, that does have, um, a major effect on, on, on how the public protector's office, uh, operates. And you must know the public protector steps down. Uh, well, Tulima steps down as public protector at the end of this year. Yeah. So it's not just about her, uh, but, but for that office in future as well.
2: It's going to be interesting to see when the results come out because we've got another 5 months or so. i mean the judgment comes out. Mm-hmm. We've got another 5 or so months until the elections. That could be quite interesting if that comes out sort of just in the run up to the to the
3: vote.
1: Yes, the constitutional court judgment.
3: Yeah. There's that but but I think we also underestimate to some degree how local uh, municipal elections are and I think yes. uh, any uh, any political party worth its salt certainly has these grand visions and these grand hmm. these grand marches but everybody's sort of everybody's sort of rotating around this idea of 2019. Um, to a large degree as well, um, and, and they'd be very wise to do so. Um, with the municipal, municipal elections, I would I would caution thinking a report like that landing even a week or two before the election would have that much influence over what okay. can be very, very, very local issues. Um, I would like to say one thing yes, about okay. and Madden, okay. if, if I may. She made a recommendation yesterday on Twitter that uh, on account of human <laughs> trafficking I- – um, we should install uh, tracking chips. P- pardon me, human traffic, and we should install. You know, it's a good idea to in- install tracking chips in, in our children. jeez, I, you know, I think it's okay. She's had a hard time it, under
2: constant criticism from the. ANC, she's got a lot right. going on. Man, it's understandable yeah. that she's going to lose it eventually.
3: I, I'm just nervous. She's going to, you know, Moosey's yeah. going to be out of the DA. She's going to be in, you know, as as president of the DA. And you know it's going to be like it's. She's going to be your, like the drone lady. Your baby girl is going to have. Yeah. Have any check? <laughs> I mean, it have to take my, I mean, it my makes kids sense. to get. They could chips put and they install could install
0: your, your <laughs> ETOL tag in the chip. Yeah. <laughs> like your yeah. passport in the chip. So what happens every time chip.
3: your kid crosses <laughs> under <laughs> an E? That's what so they. Yeah, get it beeps. beeps. Yeah. Every time they go under an Toll gantry, you know where they are.
0: <laughs> okay. We've only got a few minutes left. Richard, pop like you've got a book coming out.
3: I do. I do have a book coming out on. It's landing on March 9th. It's called Continental Shift. Uh, a journey through Africa's shifting fortunes. I wrote it with Kevin Bloom, who uh, who's also a writer at uh, at Daily Maverick. Uh, we spent the last five years on it. Uh, we've traveled to many, many uh, wonderful African countries, including uh, Kenya. We were there, um, and it's been it's been a huge it's been a huge trip. It's been it's been wild. So you know, it's sort of it's an interrogation of this idea of Africa rising, um, one of these phenomenons mm. that, that Kevin and I I, I think uh, understood quite early that was linked to uh to, to commodities and to and to everything that's happened in china but at the same time you have this rapidly expanding urbanizing population that is is changing the face of the continent very very quickly and very very interestingly so uh yeah that's sort of what the book's about and uh, everyone should get a, a copy at uh, least one. Group.
0: I mean, I'm curious with the, with what's recently happened with China and, and their economy. Was there a temptation to go and add another chapter or like sort of no. scribble a bit of
3: changes? In no, there? because the book, the, the, book's findings were sort of, you, you know, m- the questions we were asking back in mm. 2006, I think yeah. when we did our first trip together to Angola. We're like, well, w- what is this? We can see change. I, I mean, 2006 was four years after the, the civil war had ended in Angola. Mm. And the book sort of starts okay. with us. Uh, on the other side of the Kavango River um, in a little town called Calais, which there were 7,000 people during the war. Four years later, there's 34,000 people in this little town on the other side of the Kavango River looking over at Rundu in uh, in, in Namibia. And our questions simply were, is this, uh, is this booming because Angola is selling its oil to China or is it booming for some other reason? Is there a real fundamental change happening in this country that's linked to actual growth or is this just an expanding GDP that has no real relationship to development, and that's really what the, the the fundamental question that the book asks?
0: I mean, it's it, it's really interesting because just last week you were talking to um, someone from the Romo studies association i think one of the big tribes in ethiopia mm-hmm. and his major criticism of this economic development was it's not it's just not being felt on the ground and this trade-off between social justice and economic development is not real because economic development is not happening
3: well the, the we actually look at ethiopia yeah. in, in quite some detail one of our chapters uh, plays out there um and it and it looks at the setting up of the first commodities exchange in ethiopia mm-hmm. which uh unbelievably until about 10-12 years ago um, even, even a, a leader as smart as Mela Zanawi had no idea what a commodities exchange was. Um, and so they instituted one in Ethiopia. And the questions we ask again is how does this very urban, uh, very intelligent, uh, mechanism linking up food producers on the ground in Ethiopia mm. with food sellers in, in a global economy, does that actually affect people on the ground? And, and, and the often, uh, the answer so often is no.
0: I can't wait to read this, man. I'm curious if there was anything that especially surprised you, and you sat out,
3: and you were out there, and you're like, okay, this! I did not expect it." Oh no! I mean, find you, you know, it. it's you know, from little stories like breaking down in the jungle, in you know, in you know, a war zone <laughs> in the Central African Republic, okay. uh, to you know, just encountering people that are just so brilliant, um, you know, in places that you just wouldn't expect. I mean, when you talk about the Ethiopia story. <laughs> We were hanging out with this guy uh, right right in, in a place called Asosa, right in the, in, in the middle of the green famine zone. And here's a guy who's just brilliant. You know, he's come from absolutely nothing, educated himself, uh, smart as all hell, and is probably going to be the mayor of Asosa one day, and whose entire political uh, framework is totally different from what's happening in Addis Ababa thousands of kilometers away. And when you meet people like that, you realize that this, co- this continent really, really does have a future.
0: That's that's, that's a hell of a throw forward to the book, man. I can't wait to read it. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Ranjani, Richard Poplar, Greg, thank you so
3: much for joining. It was a pleasure. Oh, well. And
1: um, hopefully um, we'll we'll come back after sauna and we'll still have <laughs> well, all our left of us. Yes, we'll have all our limbs still intact. Please
0: avoid the you. media holding area. We all know that's <laughs> that's something else. And yeah. if a, someone dressed as a
3: waiter to offer oh, you anything, we may, uh, may
1: redefine what media holding area. <laughs> is. We're
3: going to install the the two tracking chip. And, um, Jenny, as a as a this is why beta we did the project. tracking chip,
0: man. Well, I
1: want to have a media hugging area. So you know, oh, we spread be the be love. Nice. No. I
3: actually
0: saw a tweet asking if you're single so you probably don't want to talk about <laughs> hugs. Hey. Like you just gave someone yeah. such hope and this is yeah this is going to the dogs now we need to wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Share the podcast far and wide next
3: Are you, kidding, week. Are you single? This is <laughs>